0: I'm Luke Summerhaze, and I love Cyndaquil. As I record this, it is actually Chinese New Year, and we are well and truly into the Year of the Rat. Word on the street is that the fire starters are based on the animals of the Chinese Zodiac, and for the most part it works. Dragon, chicken, rabbit, tiger. But it all hinges on accepting that Cyndaquil is a rat there is absolutely zero chance that Game Freak had this idea in mind when they were creating the first two generations. In fact, when Pokemon Gold and Silver were being developed, the team thought this would be the last one they made. Perhaps from the third generation onwards, it was clear that the series wasn't going anywhere, and subsequent games were actually made with long-term plans in mind. Either way, Cyndaquil has only retroactively been inserted into the Zodiac theme. In the recent Pokemon Go New Year celebrations, Cyndaquil was right there on the title screen with more obvious rat Pokemon. It's on Year of the Rat merchandise here in Japan. It's definitely become a thing at this point, And I guess we just have to accept it and not look too closely at it. Cyndaquil is a cute little monster. It resembles a black echidna with flames instead of spines. And as I say that, I'm honestly surprised that isn't a Sonic the Hedgehog character already. This is much cuter than the inevitable Deviant Art page I'd find if I typed that into Google. The Pokedex ascribes some very cute hedgehog like behavior to Cyndaquil. The gold entry says, It is timid, and always curls itself up in a ball. If attacked, it flares up its back for protection. Cinderquill's name is a simple combination of cinders, as produced by fire, and quills from a porcupine. The Japanese name is hinorashi, a combination of hino, or fire, and yamarashi, the Japanese name for a porcupine. In the anime, Ash of course had a cinderquill. It started out as a sleepy little baby, but it eventually became another competent fire-type member of the team. At level 14, Cyndaquil evolves into Quilava. For Ash, however, it took quite a while to reach that level. In fact, Ash's Cyndaquil holds the record for the longest number of episodes between its first appearance, in the Johto season, and evolving into Quilava, 507 episodes later during Diamond and Pearl. Quilava is a cool, sleek animal, and an example of the middle evolution perhaps being the coolest of the three. Much like the jump from Chikorita to Bayleaf, the Pokedex entries are much more aggressive at this stage. Ruby and Sapphire, for example, say, Quilava keeps its foes at bay, with the intensity of its flames, and gusts of superheated air. This Pokemon applies its outstanding nimbleness to dodge attacks even while scorching the foes with flames. And Crystal makes it sound like a moody teenager, saying, Before battle, it turns its back on opponents to demonstrate how ferociously its fire blazes. The name Quilava is a pretty simple step up from Cinderquill, and the Japanese name is Magmarashi, similarly changing out fire for magma. Interestingly, Without the names and the fire, these Pokemon would pretty clearly resemble weasels or badgers. But it's just the flames on the sprites, and the names, that make one think of porcupines and hedgehogs and other spiky critters. When the Pokemon turn the fire off, they don't really look anything like a hedgehog or an echidna. At level 36, Quilava evolves one more time and becomes Typhlosion. Typhlosion is a big, dangerous-looking final evolution, which I always thought kind of resembled a bear, helping it climb in my estimations. In reality, it is probably based on a, well, arguably even scarier real-life animal, the honey badger. If you followed early internet humour, you'll be well aware that honey badgers are aggressive and dangerous animals, not to be messed with. The prospect of a bigger, smarter honey badger, which also happens to be on fire, is fairly intimidating. Appropriately, Typhlosion's Pokedex entries make it resemble nothing less than overheating Godzilla from films like Godzilla vs. Destoroyah or the recent King of the Monsters. Pokémon Gold says, if its rage peaks, it becomes so hot that anything that touches it will instantly go up in flames. Ruby and Sapphire say, Typhlosion obscures itself behind a shimmering heat haze that it creates using its intensely hot flames. This Pokémon creates blazing explosive blasts that burn everything to cinders. On the actual competitive scene, Typhlosion never made a huge impact, owing mostly to the fact that it's just a little too similar to Charizard. They share exactly the same base stats and similar moves. A lack of the flying type means Typhlosion doesn't have Charizard's 4x weakness to rock, but it can be affected by ground type moves that Charizard can avoid. Typhlosion briefly gained an advantage in the fire starter arms race with the move Eruption, and it did see some usage on teams that like to use the sun. But Charizard went on to get Mega Forms and a Gigantamax, leaving poor old Typhlosion behind. Friend and composer for the show, Jonathan Cromie, got in touch with this to say.
1: Hello Luke Loves Pokemon, it's me, Jonathan Cromey, coming to talk to you about Cyndaquil, kind of on behalf of somebody else. Now, I know that because of the whole Chinese New Year thing, Cyndaquil has elements of a rat in it, and because it's you know, got quill in the name and has those burning quills coming out its back, it's you know, got elements of hedgehog. I personally think it looks a bit like a shrew, but Cyndaquil is, in fact, my girlfriend's favorite Pokemon due to its similarity to a mole. Uh, moles are one of my girlfriend's favorite animals, one of my favorite animals, actually. After we watched the Animals of Farthing Wood cartoon show as children. And. because they're, you know, they're really cute. They're kind of ball shaped, they're very fuzzy, and the mole in the cartoon had a very endearing personality. But cute moles are not actually that well represented in Pokemon. Uh, Diglett and Dugtrio are kind of more based on whack moles than actual moles and Drillburn doesn't really do it for us, uh, something about it. Mouth's too big, eyes too big, something like that. Cinderquill does not have that problem. Um, it is a cute little chubby bellied, close-eyed, stubby-legged bore of warmth and huggableness and it is really sweet and you know it can dig it's an amalgamation of other small animals who's to say that there wasn't some mole in there in its creation process so yes, as a result it is not only my lady friend's favourite Pokemon it is the first Pokemon I bought her a plushie of and so she has a little plushie of a Cyndaquil that sits on her desk and sometimes she likes to squish it and it looks like its arms and legs are doing a little dance so it has that nostalgic element to, you know, nostalgic and romantic, one might say, element to it as well, that makes me quite fond of it. Um, as far as its evolutions go, uh, Quilava is actually still pretty uh, pretty sweet, on the whole. Uh, Typhlosion ruins it a bit by being big and bulky and hyperventilating in its animation, but um, yep, Luke loves Cyndaquil, I love Cyndaquil, and the lady I love loves Cyndaquil as well. Cheerio!
0: Cyndaquil is an undeniable cutie, with a loyal fanbase to this very day. Alas, the second generation starters just don't get the love and attention from the Pokemon company themselves that the originals do. Music for Luke Love's Pokemon is by Jonathan Croby. Artwork for the show is by Katie Groves. If you enjoyed this podcast, and you want to help me be able to keep hosting them online... Please consider supporting the show at patreon.com slash PKMN. Just a dollar a month is a big help, and in return, you can listen to episodes a week early. You can also help me out by spreading the word among fellow Pokemon fans, or by getting in contact and having your say about upcoming monsters. The next episode will be Totodile. I'd love to hear from you about that monster or any other, so please get in touch on Twitter or Facebook at Luke I love Cinderquil. And remember, I love you too.